0: Welcome to the original vegan business talk with myself Shane Jeremy James where I discuss life-changing business advice with vegan companies who are making a true difference in the world. Hey everybody welcome back to the next episode and on this episode we have Casey Dorkin with us and she was born on Earth Day which is actually quite cool to tell you the truth and she's been dedicated to sustainable practices from young a young age as a result often joking that sustainability is in her blood it's kind of true <laughs> you know, right, that, right? <laughs> her creative interests led her to pursue fashion and she completed a degree from Drexel University in the com, in in a combination of product design and fashion merchandising her uh, her Al, alma matter is that how you pronounce that yeah
1: alma mater yeah
0: alma mater recently recognized her for her work in sustainable shoe design and production in their 40 under 40 profile Uh, separate from her love and reverence of nature she has also spent the past 15 years working in the fashion and retail industries within a, a variety of emerging shoe and accessory brands welcome
1: Thank you. How are you today?
0: I'm great, thank you. I'm very excited to uh, go through your business and talk about everything you're doing. And we had a bit of a discussion before, and uh, you know, you can you can tell we we're 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 into the same things. Totally. <laughs> yeah, totally. Right. So, tell us a little bit of background about you. You know, you're sure. you're you're from New York right now. You're in LA building stuff. But tell us a little bit about you and how you got to where you got to today and what you're doing.
1: Totally. So uh, my name is Casey, founder, designer, creative director at Sylvan New York. Um, I've been in fashion for the last 15 years. I've been in footwear for the last 10. Um, I decided when I was around 19 years old, I wanted to be a shoe designer and I have not stopped working towards that goal since. Uh, I've now had my brand, my own shoe line for five years, Um, but I Grew up as you mentioned. I'm born on Earth Day, and so I was super into trying to be as sustainable as possible, um, well before anyone even really used sustainable and fashion in the same sentence. So I never knew that I could have those two things in alignment. I always just figured, okay, I'll, I'll organize recycling. Uh, like you know, I helped my school figure out how to recycle when I was young, and I was organizing community cleanups. Um, and separately was super enamored by luxury fashion. So I was trying to find a really cool designer line to work for and enter the fashion industry. Um, never realizing that like you could have a cool designer line that was sustainable and that was really focused on um, being values aligned and values driven. So um, I worked a couple years in the industry helping people really build small businesses. I, I launched and relaunched a couple of small shoe lines. Um, and so I got a kind of amazing uh, landscape of, of skill sets. My first few years, I didn't design anything. I actually started as a an operations and sales person. So I, uh, I was overseeing shipping logistics and warehousing and then traveling to trade shows. So really getting like a whole scope of of work of what it takes to run a shoe business and sometimes what it takes not to run a shoe business. Um, And then decided at the right time, you know, probably a little earlier than I planned, which, you know, there's never the right time that this brand that I dreamt of, of, you know, luxury and having a really beautiful design forward company, but that was also really rooted in nature and coincided with nature and, um, was sustainable and give, gives back. And, you know, all of the the laundry list of dream items that I wanted didn't exist. So I decided to launch my own brand and Sylvan New York was born.
0: Wow. That's so cool. So tell us a little bit about, uh, you know, when you launched the brand, Mm -hmm. um, you know, tell us a little more about the brand.
1: Totally. So I started, so five years ago, it's 2017. Um, I was not yet a vegan shoe line, which I always like to talk about kind of this origin story. So I am currently, as we sit in 2022, I'm a fully vegan, fully plant-based shoe company. So right now I'm working with amazing new materials. One of my biggest materials I work with is called apple leather. It's made from organic apple food waste, and I'm sure we can circle back to it. But oh, I, so cool. It's it's I love talking about it too. I feel like that's my 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 soapbox uh, speech these days is all about apple leather and how it's made. Right. Um, but five years ago, there were no plant leathers, so I I wanted to make a a shoe line that was as minimally impactful on the planet as possible, um, and so I looked at some vegan materials and. At the, at the time I could use like either recycled cotton, which being based in New York, if you want to make a cotton boot for someone in winter, like you're out of your mind, like it's gonna get <laughs> wet, you're gonna get cold. Like there's functionality just isn't there. Yeah. Um, and so the vegan leathers that existed, like 95% of vegan leathers still today are fully plastic. So there's super fossil fuel derived, um, vegan leather itself is not a sustainable material. Um, you know there's lots of arguments and nuance that you know even a plastic is could still be better for the planet than an animal derived material because of all of the harmful um, practices of the leather industry but I wasn't yet willing to find I wasn't yet willing to work with just something that was purely plastic just didn't meet my sustainable criteria Um, so I really developed my line developed as some of these material developments came out so the Uh, it was 2019, I had really had my ear to the ground of trying to find and source sustainable vegan alternatives. And I started to hear rumors about new plant-based innovations. And the second I could source it, I like jumped on the opportunity. Um, And I really, I became one of the first US brands to work with apple leather. And at the time I was producing, I was working with vegetable tanned genuine leathers. So things that were sourced, we were sourcing from the meat industry in Italy, which is where I produce. So all of our tanneries and the farms where the cattle were raised were super close to where I was producing. So it was a a traceable supply chain, but it was not a vegan supply chain. And I was really looking to get away from that. Um, So we introduced some of these new plant leathers. I tested an apple leather boot. And at the time I also made a leather version, identical it was the same style and we would offer vegan and leather versions and kind of use it as a test grounds to say like especially like the shoe industry can get a bit old school and I had a lot of people tell me like you know leather is equated with luxury so if you want the luxury customer you have to offer them a leather product and I really got to disprove that theory firsthand where if I I literally have the exact same boot made in the exact same luxury Italian factory one's made of apples ones made out of calf skin. People didn't care about the material as much as they cared about the color or the backstory. You know, of course, a sustainable vegan customer 10 out of 10 times is going to go for the apple leather. But we talked about this a little bit ahead of of our call here is getting a non-vegan customer to try something vegan like apple leather was just an amazing opportunity to to switch something in someone's wardrobe because they're excited about the story or maybe they just like the color of the boot that i'm making um right. but it's been a cool journey and the line has evolved as the landscape for materials has evolved um and now we no longer have any need to use any animal derived products in our whole supply chain and we are
0: fully vegan and plan to be forever well that's amazing great job congratulations so what's been one of the biggest challenges starting that type of business and 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 starting to grow it?
1: Yeah, I think you know there's challenges across every uh, you know, there's so many different facets of building a business, and you know, we love to talk about the design and all the sexy parts of footwear and fashion. Um, but honestly, like I'm designing maybe five percent of the time, and the other ninety-five percent is business and operations and marketing, production, um, and it was quite challenging to find the right factory partners who were willing to work with a new material. Um, that took a, a little longer, like setting up the supply chain okay. um, and trying to find like I work with family owned factories. and I went to a couple different factories in Italy who kind of rolled their eyes at me when I said I wanted to work with Apple, and they were like, oh, I don't want to work with your synthetics and you know, just didn't get the vision. And right. I think it's I think that's true not only of, you know, your factory partners, but finding aligned partnerships everywhere. like i'm I'm still finding currently, and I'm excited for this to be changing in the near future, but like getting retailers on board. Um, has been a, a big challenge because everyone says they're interested, but everyone is still a little bit waiting for. Everyone wants the proof of concept. So I think it's really easy for people to adopt a practice, but putting that practice in motion and really saying this is something we we buy into. Our consumers are telling us that they want a sustainable vegan product, um, but I think that that mentality is certainly going to be shifting, um, and I'm I'm excited to, uh, to for that to uh, kind of take form in the next few years.
0: Right. Yeah, I can see that, too. So is it uh, are the retailers kind of just kind of sitting back and and waiting and kind of watching what the consumers are doing right now? Is that what they're doing?
2: I think so. And
1: I think retail has uh, I mean, it certainly was affected incredibly heavily by the pandemic. And so I think there's there's a lot of fallout and the retail industry in general over the last decade. Uh, it's been tough. It's a, it's a tough um, market to enter. Everyone always wants to see that you're a big brand that you're going to bring the following. Um, but I think that brands can bring a lot to the table. You know, it doesn't always just have to be a huge Instagram following. You know, I, we talked about brands being a movement and I think it's important that um, you know, for these brands that are making claims that they, you know, they've got all these sustainability goals and things, targets they are trying to reach by 2025, 2030. It's like, great. What are you doing to put that into practice? And right. who are the brands you're supporting that are actually going to help you achieve those goals?
0: Yeah, it's so true. So, right now, so you've been, the company's been in business, what, five years now? Yeah. Five years. So, are you, did you raise money, self funded? How did that all come about?
1: I've been bootstrapped and kind of self-funded. I had a little bit of a friends and family round these last few years um, and I am officially raising. So I I just opened up my first capital raise um, as we speak. So that's been my other, you know, everyone always says fundraising is a full-time job. I've been, uh, I've been fundraising and I'm here in LA, I've been doing pop-ups and stuff. So um, yeah, you know, revenue has been a great thing from the, from retail and from, you know, doing kind of launching through my own channels. Um, but I've got some really big dreams and some big goals and some big plans. Um, so I'm excited to be taking my brand kind of to the next level and opening that up for, um, some bigger growth.
0: Right. That's awesome. That's awesome. So in, in, uh, where do you see the industry going with sustainable fashion and specifically in the footwear Industry. Yeah,
1: I mean, what I want to see versus what I, I think we will see, I think it's still going to take a little bit of time for the industry to adopt. I think a lot of people are keen to say that they're willing to make certain changes in their supply chain, but it's expensive. And I think at the end of the day, people are, people always want to take the the shortcut and the easy way out. And, you know, it's it, it's a suspend issue as well. So, you know, in the uh, in the greater scheme of things, the industry does seem to be moving towards plant-based and vegan offerings, but I'm curious to see like, how are people and the, how are industries and brands going to do that authentically? Um, And, you know, there's every company from H&M all the way up to Hermes is talking about adopting certain plant-based materials. We're seeing a huge boom in mushroom leather um, with a, there's a couple different companies that are, are working on mycelium based materials. And it's so fascinating. It's one of my favorite subjects is material innovation. Um, And there, there's some big partnerships that are happening. And so I see the industry is already working on it, but I think at the moment, it's sort of like, like people are looking for kind of these little like marketing blips, where they're like, you know, come to us, we're going to be the first, we're going to be the first. And i I really want the industry to do it. You know, we talk about sustainability in terms of impact, but sustainability in terms of like longevity. How do you set something up so that it actually sustains itself? And I would love to see sustainability be sustained in the fashion industry.
0: Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Do you believe that, uh, you know, I mean, I guess if a a brand is actually, you know, like H&M say, trying to do some good. But do you believe and what's your take on this is like, let's say you got a brand here and they create a department that's doing good, but then their other side of their department is completely yeah. like unethical, unsustainable, you know, yeah. what's your take on that?
1: It's a it's a real tough one. Uh, it's, I don't know if we're allowed to like even, I mean, I know I used H&M as the example, so uh, I guess I can stick with them. That's a really tough call because yeah, in terms of there's, H&M's gotten in trouble for not paying, paying garment workers and for mass producing, overproducing, like, right. It's it's you cannot call yourself a sustainable business if you do not treat the garment workers and the laborers and the employees fairly right like fair trade and and being compensated properly is a huge part like sustainability extends to people planet animals there's there's a lot under that umbrella do I think that it's better to do some good than no good absolutely. But do I think that you can call yourself a sustainable brand just because you launched a conscious collection? You know, no, I don't. Yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah, yeah I'm I'm with you on that. That's always a fine area. Yeah. To and that's it a is, fine area of is the company just doing it for marketing yeah. to yeah. try and get into that crowd. And do they, you know, are yeah. are they doing it for the right reasons or it's the wrong tough. reasons?
1: But then you think about intention versus outcome. So, you know, maybe their intention is just marketing and they're not in it for the right reasons. But the outcome of that is that People who weren't even aware of sustainability and fashion are now hearing about it at a level that they wouldn't have if just some of these niche or only the luxury fashion itself, which is, you know, luxury is specifically inaccessible, right? Like it's about that exclusivity. So I think there still is something positive to be said about starting a conversation in a bigger way. Um, and kind of using that platform for good, but it does get a little dicey because it's you know you can't necessarily uh, give them all of the merit, but I think it's important to call out the like the greater benefits that do come from it. We call that yeah. the silver lining.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm with you on that 100. Yeah. percent What What do you think is one of the, one of the biggest challenges for an entrepreneur? Oof.
1: Um. That's there's a lot of them. I think it's just to keep going. I think there's a lot of uh, you know we always talk about the high highs and the low lows. Um, I think one of the biggest challenges is like really understanding the the vision where you where it is that you're you're moving towards and just keeping forward with that mission. Just, right. You know that kind of like tunnel vision. Yeah. You get sidetracked and things kind of come in and out, but once you really see where you're going, it's like you just gotta keep steadfast and things are come in and kind of shake you off course, and it's just like you just stick to the, stick to the path.
0: Yeah, right. Do you think there's any um, certain skill sets that an entrepreneur must have to make Um, it successful?
1: I joke, I think entrepreneurs are all a little bit masochistic. Cause I think that we just like enjoy the challenge of, and the struggle in some kind of weird way. I don't know if you agree with that, Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but it's the, I think it's ultimately like, you know, that feeling of accomplishment and achievement that we are seeking. Cause it's sort of like, you know, once you, you hit a goal, it's like immediately replaced with a bigger goal. So it's sort yeah. of that, like, you know, you, you need that, like um, what is it? Sharks that only swim forward. Like,
2: right, right. You
1: need to be, I don't want to say a shark in terms of like, you know, you, you're, you're not trying to like you know pull anything over on anyone but you you need to have that kind of a quality of like you know you're ready to to take it on even when it hurts you
0: (laughs) yeah no i i agree i agree with that i think you're right on the goals and keep setting them for entrepreneurs you know for for me you know when my hockey kind of days ended right i never you know i played hockey my whole life then when it ended i never stepped on skates again for another 15 years wow because to me it was kind of boring now like Mm -hmm. just even watching other people and stuff like there was no goal of trying to make it to the next league the next division for me the next that was over so to me now it was kind of like ah this is kind of boring now and then I found business and then business to me was like it was exactly like hockey to me it was Mm -hmm. the same thing you got to set a goal you got to get here you got to figure it out you got to get better you know and stuff like that right so it's the same thing yeah. um So that's cool. So, you know, with you kind of growing the company and stuff, where are you? uh, Are you Do you have, uh, you know, I know you can be more of a one person business, but are you trying to grow employees now? Are you trying to bring on more people? Are you, what's your kind of like vision of of scaling the company?
1: Yeah, we've been super lean to start. So like I have one employee that's full-time at the moment. It's kind of the two of us. And then I have an amazing head of production in Italy. So like I work with some contractors and some agencies, but like I can, my team is really like three-ish people, kind of two and a half, depending on, um, you know, kind of how you calculate it. I would love to build out a bigger team. I think we're going to be a lot more effective and I think we'll have a much further reach. And that's definitely within my plan for these next few years, but I don't plan to like bring on, like, I'm not going to go from zero to 60, you know, like yes, uh, yes. even in terms of employees, right? Like I'm much closer to zero employees than I am to 60 employees,
2: Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but you know, it's like key hires. Um, I think I've I happen to have a huge uh, wealth of knowledge, which sometimes I think almost hinders me. It's like, if you can do everything yourself, doesn't mean you should. <laughs> so um,
2: True.
1: I think it's in a, you know, I'm constantly learning new lessons of like, okay, it would be really helpful if I had another person to delegate this to So I could actually focus on, you know, the design work of, you know, developing a new collection or whatever it is I'm, I might be doing. So yeah, I would, I would love to expand my team, but I, I still want to keep it pretty lean as I grow and kind of scale organically.
0: Yeah, I love what you just said there because that's such an important part. And I see that in so many entrepreneurs um, and even businesses that I've helped, I see so many of the, the, the owners kind of do the same thing like you just said, and that is they're trying to do everything themselves, yeah. right? Yeah. because they know they can execute on certain things and yeah. not stepping back and understanding, okay, like if I, you know, even was paying, you know, an assistant from the Philippines five bucks an hour, yeah, and train them properly, they could be executing this for me.
1: Yeah. And I hear amazing things pay- about virtual assistants if that's kind of the the path you're you're thinking in terms of like, you know, kind of an external uh some external help. But yeah, I agree. And it's a hard lesson. And you know, sometimes I don't realize until I'm doing it that I'm like, oh, I'm uh I don't need to be doing this task. I can ask someone else to help me with this. And I think it's just that general awareness too. And just kind of, you know, you get used to your situation. I've been essentially running a business as you know, i'm a solo founder so for the last five years i have had to do um a lot of different tasks that much larger companies you know i I almost think it's funny when i hear about other people's structures i'm like you have a whole person that just does that (laughs) like what a what a luxury i'm like oh i could probably set myself up for that as well like that's not an anomaly that's just how you know (laughs) it's growth
0: it's true it's true it's 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 you know, looking at it and, and working to get there, you know, and I always say like in, in in our company and other things, I say like you got the CEO, you got you, mm-hmm. you know, and then let's say you've got marketing or you've got op- more operations or you got, you know, this and this. And I always tell people like for a while that you're going to have to put a stop the CEO hat and put on the marketing hat.
2: Exactly. And then
0: put this hat on, and then put this hat on, put this hat on. But it's understanding how much time you're starting to spend in each one and then start to really look and say, okay, what would be my perfect next hire? Like if I could have that to take care of this, perfect. Exactly. And then my third, and then my fourth, and then my fifth. Mm-hmm. Like that's how I've always done it. You know, like even virtual assistants. I mean, I've got, I think I've got three, three now that work oh. for me, you know, outside my other media teams, right? right? But they just, two of them just take care of my schedules, my agendas, everything. Even making sure, like following up and like seeing, okay, yeah, Shane, like the guys and the girls, they got that deck done and this got done and just making sure nothing drops through the cracks yeah. type of thing, right? All the time. And I've been able to figure out how to produce that. As in, I always say, like this if I can, if I can, you know, if that person comes in and that person can 5X even my money, then it's a good investment
1: a great investment yeah. yeah
0: so that's how i always look at it right if i can you know if it's looking and it's 5xing and i'm like okay that's working you know yeah. but there's other ones where we've tried and i'm like put somebody there tried that and i'm like ah that just ain't working you know that's just not being a re- good return on my money right now at all you <laughs> know so yeah it's, it's not where, where it's at right but um so yeah it, you know i think that's a great point you brought up because i think that'll help even a lot of business owners listening right now because I think they don't step back enough and really look at that and don't step back enough and you know I come from franchising so I understood the importance of systems and processes yeah why it was so important in everything you do
1: yeah and And it's tough and it's particularly tough when you're bootstrapped you know because I a lot of the time that small businesses and entrepreneurs and business owners are doing everything is because we can't afford to pay other people to do it yet you know it's sort of you're you're getting the business to a certain place, but then you're sort of on this hamster wheel. Um, And so something else that I've had to do, especially through this, you know, we have this global pandemic that we are still in the midst of, it really helped me just kind of take a look at my plate and figure out like, okay, if I'm only, instead of doing 10 things, I'm gonna do three things. And if those seven other things just don't get done at all, like what's the actual overall impact on the business? Right. So, and you know, if there's things that you can't hire out, just sometimes I'm like, OK, that's a future. That's like I would like to have.
2: Yeah.
1: And the must haves are maybe the things that I'll I'll work on in the meantime or delegate if I can. But I think that's the struggle really is the you know, if, if we could all hire people to do things, I'm sure many of us would. Um, but it's just sometimes it's doing less, you know, cross the things off that are not immediately um, necessary to move forward.
0: Yeah. I like that point. It's true. That's good decision-making, you know, understanding what to work on and what not to work on.
1: Yeah. And sometimes you don't realize till you're like halfway through it and you're like, why am I so stressed out and trying to make a, like, also, self-imposed deadlines kind of make me laugh because sometimes I, you know, I impose deadlines on myself because I think they'll work with a campaign launch or things, and I'm like, no one's sitting here waiting for me to do this thing. So if it's stressing me out more than it's going to benefit me when it's done, maybe it needs to get cut. So sometimes it's a, sometimes it's a preemptive decision, and sometimes it's like, a, all right, let's do like a self-awareness check. Where are we right now, and what do we need to be doing?
0: Yeah, that's good. That's yeah, that's such an important thing to build a step back, and that's really. You know, stepping back and looking more top down in on the business instead of being always stuck in the business. You know, I Absolutely. think all business owners get so stuck inside the business all the time that they forget that it's extremely important to step out and put your yeah. CEO hat on and be able to drive it properly to get it to that next level. Totally, and you know? it's even
1: just a matter of being in that mindset, it's like giving yourself time. Cause it's impossible, you know, when you've got your tunnel vision, you're only swimming forward. Like you have to actually stop and say, okay, wait, let me pause. Let me switch my way of thinking. And it's like, honestly, it's just making, even if it's 10 minutes, 10 minutes to think about what you're doing instead of just working on execution.
0: Yeah, I agree a hundred percent. You know, it's step back. And I always say, you know, it's sometimes when you step back and you start now taking time for those little details, and sometimes it's for entrepreneurs, you know, because you're so much moving, you don't think they're important, but you're like, okay, like, you, you know, as much as stepping back and being like, okay, even if this is, if, if this is the right strategy, you know, what's our next three. You no, know, if you look at our, our calendars, you would mm-hmm. see our next innovative campaigns consistently yeah. mapped out and why. And that's just strategy. That's all it is. One might okay. work. One might not work. One might work. One might not work. One might work. One might right. not work. You know, <laughs> one might work. Okay. One, might, you know, exactly. so, it, you know, but it's, 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 it's all mapped out. So it's, it's down. So we know we'll execute it and see what happens. If it works, we just, we just scale it. We exactly. just figure it. A good example with us is even on this podcast. I mean, when we started doing the business podcast, I never even thought about just doing a vegan podcast podcast because we had other businesses on this yeah but as more and more vegan businesses were coming on and of course I connect with that crowd at such a high level yeah. I was like you know what let's just put this all on this side and let's do another podcast that's just all vegan like let's just that's it this is what all we're going to do yeah you know so and then we looked at it and we're like okay let's map a whole strategy around this now why this how this going to work and stuff like that but, you know, it shows sometimes when you just keep pulling the trigger that, you know, all of a sudden you start to figure things out a little more. Totally.
1: Right? Totally.
0: So what um, what advice could you give somebody just starting a business? Because you went through the startup and the startup's always the hardest, the hardest
1: part. Yeah, definitely. Um, I feel like it's super important to just have a sense of who it is that you are as a company, as a brand, because, I mean, this is kind of a perfect parlay. Like, you didn't start out only interviewing vegan businesses until you did. I didn't start out only working with vegan and plant-based materials until I did. But the general principles, I think for both of us, uh, you know, were, were there of, you know, the building blocks of how I built out Sylvan New York and, you know, what the values that were really important to me um, I feel like as, uh, you got to get as clear of a vision, uh, as of what you want to do in your brain as you can. And once it makes sense in your head, then I feel like you start to explain it to other people. You get other people to kind of explain it back to you. See if you're on the same page with things. Right. Uh, and then it's sort of that, like, you know, you just keep, you keep going. That's some of the best advice I've gotten. It's like, you know, uh, I joke, I feel like uh, my dad and I have had this conversation where like people always say things look like they just happen and that they're really easy and that things work out. And it's not always that they do. It's just that you just keep going until you have done some iteration of what it is that you're working towards. You know, it's, it's that tenacity of you, you just keep going to try and find a way to make it work. And if it's not one way that you tried, it's, you know, maybe there's three other options that you didn't think of, but it's the, the, just, you keep, you keep making it. Happen. You keep going forward.
0: It's true. I I like that because you know, there's been so many things that that we've tried that I was way more sure on that didn't work, and then something else we tried over here, and I was like, I don't know, and then it completely worked way better. Like it's it's very interesting how that happens.
1: It is, and as long as you're kind of you know, be that authenticity too of you know everything. If it's authentic to you as a person and you as a brand, then it's something worth pursuing
0: hundred percent right you know it's not going to harm anything else why not give it a shot if you think it might work totally right
1: and if it's this is my favorite thing to talk about with or like my favorite thing about being an entrepreneur and you know with people who are just starting to you know even if it's an inkling idea like if you can't think about doing anything else but that idea then that's what you should do
0: yeah it's it's true it's true you know i always kind of laugh at that because. People say that that to me. They're like, "Well, you know, you know, what are you? What are you passionate about? Like, what are you exactly passionate about? Just doing it for me, it has always been a little different because I was like never passionate about as much about like when I got in the fitness industry, I was super in shape. Yeah, but people thought that I got in there because just because I was in shape and I was into fitness, but that actually was not the truth. And you would kind of think like, "Well, why would you get into it?" Because I had researched all the franchises coming out and which ones were not heard of yet. And Mm -hmm. I was trying to predict which one was going to go national because I knew if I could predict that before it went national, it would be huge success for us. And I actually had curves and home instead senior care. Uh Those were the two that I was picking to do. So the moral of that story is, for me, I'm just passionate about business, like the entrepreneurship of like, it's just anything, if like,
2: passion. Yeah. Yeah,
0: like you could put me in a shoe company. I'm like, okay, let's figure it out. Let's do this and this, or you could put me in a, you know, I guess I wouldn't go into any more, like a McDonald's, you know what I mean? I wouldn't go to McDonald's yeah. nowadays, yeah. right? You know what I mean? Yeah. Right. But, but any, you know, business that does, does something good. Yeah. You know, There's certainly
1: some great vegan fast food chains out there now.
0: Those, yeah, I've just, uh, you know, we don't have any in Canada at all. Uh, at maybe all. not yet. Okay. Yeah, yeah, at all. I've been kind of dabbling around and looking at a few and being like, you know, I mean, I wouldn't mind. What's that big one the, called? There was one that came out of New York, actually, your area. I forget hmm.
1: There's one that has very similar branding to McDonald's that I can't think about the name of, where it's sort of that, that uh, red and yellow. Do you know which one I'm talking about? Yeah,
0: I just heard, you know what? I just heard about them about a week ago, and it's like yeah. a completely spinoff kind of of McDonald's. that, exactly. I don't want to yeah. find that one. That's quite um, interesting.
1: There's a really great one called Plant Power. Right. Yeah. Um, I had the, the good fortune of having a lovely conversation with their CEO recently, super, super fun, funny, brilliant guy. Um, so maybe, maybe plant power will, will come to, to Canada next.
0: Plant Power. Yeah. Are they franchising? Do you know,
1: you know, that's a good question. I can, I can certainly reach out and ask.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't mind looking at that. Yeah. Cool. Awesome. So give me, we'll wrap it up. What's, uh, how do you keep yourself motivated?
1: Ooh, uh, by taking breaks and doing things that are not just business. So, you know, it's, uh, going for walks, cooking I love to cook, uh, like giving myself time in my brain. That is not just like business, business, shoes, plants, vegan, (laughs) you know, uh, taking a step back so I could take a step forward.
0: Right. Totally. I agree. Awesome. So where can they all find you at like websites, social media, anything? Yeah.
1: So you can find me. My website is www.sylvannewyork.com and it's spelled it's S-Y-L-V-E-N and the New York spelled out. And that's our handle for everything. So on Instagram, we're at Sylvan New York, Twitter, Sylvan New York, all of the everywhere where you social media, you can find us at Sylvan New York.
0: <laughs> cool. So go check her out, buy some shoes. Yes, please. Help save the
1: planet, help save the animals, and have a beautiful pair of shoes in your wardrobe.
0: Exactly. You can't go wrong with that, right? Absolutely. Awesome. All right, everybody. Take care.
1: Thanks so much.